So, um, good morning, everyone, and uh, welcome to the final, this is the final last day of uh, the InvestTech manufacturing uh, conference, and uh, many of you would have attended the earlier two days. Uh, you may know that this is the second year that we have been doing this uh, this conference. Uh, what started with understanding what's happening on ground, uh, you know, how is corporate India geared up to become the next. China plus one or the next manufacturing hub, uh, and we got a very good response, and that's how we were encouraged to do the second edition of this conference. Uh, for the past two days, we've met um, manufacturers in diverse segments, and we've heard uh, a very positive uh, India story. Um, but what we've heard is more from the manufacturing part of and now we're moving to the most important part in, in any corporate, which is labor. If corporate India uh, has a supply of skilled labor, to understand this, we have a very extended guest today, and uh, he will be introduced by my colleague Nitin, Nitin Padmanabh. But before I hand over the mic to Nitin, a couple of uh, hygiene uh, issues here, please note to keep your mic on mute and cameras off during the transition. Uh, you will be given an opportunity to ask a question to the management by raising your virtual hand and we'll unmute you. Uh, also on a more important note is that this conversation is more on an industry but uh, specifically to do uh, kindly restrict your questions to this segment. We will not be able to answer on any particular revenue in this particular call. So, uh, and this call is being recorded. So, over to you, Nathan. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Swapna. Um, uh, so, good morning, everyone. Uh, so, we have uh, uh, a very special guest today. We have uh, Mr. Guru Prasad Srinivasan, fondly called Guru. Uh, he's the Chief Operating Officer for Quest and uh, basically uh, manages almost 82% of the business, uh, which covers the general staffing, training, skills development, uh, facilities management, security, uh, and industrial asset management overall. So, uh, possibly the best person you can think of to really speak about um, what the labor supply chain is all about for manufacturing. And where and, and and the challenges uh, that are currently faced. And I think what's also interesting is that Quest over the years has made multiple investments. They are very unique assets uh, uh, in this space. Uh, we sort of uh, allow them to do that. And uh, hearing from him on this is also uh, very interesting in terms of how Quest is playing this whole opportunity. Uh, now Guru has been associated with Quest uh, since its foundation in 2007. Uh, they have built a 11,000 crore business uh, since 2007, which is just amazing. Um, uh, prior to Quest, Guru uh, uh, was with Adeco one and uh, was also with Qwitch as we earlier. So with that, I think uh, over to you, Guru, and uh, thanks for taking time out to do this. Um, uh, Guru has a, a short uh, presentation which covers uh, a lot of interesting things in this space. And then we'll open it up for questions, and maybe I can put uh, in a few questions myself as well. Uh, over to you, Guru. Hey, Ritin, uh, thank you so much. Ritin, thank you so much. Uh, thanks for getting the, the context, and uh, 
very very glad to be part of uh, this talk show tour zero conference thanks thanks for having me as part of this uh, this is a very interesting segment and uh, uh, i mean as well we are quite bullish uh, uh, in terms of and getting prepared all 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 around uh, to ensure that you know uh, we 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 get we get into uh, we get into the right uh, rhythm of um, uh, accelerating in this phase uh just before i start and to close my presentation confirm if you are able to yeah, i quick check making this you can tell me this is visible Of, of overall uh, uh, 
I mean, overall manufacturing base currently. And uh, if you, on the right hand side, if you look at the IIT index, which is the uh, uh, industrial, I mean, India industrial production uh, index, uh, how, I mean, how the order that we affect starts from basic metals, which are two digit, and uh, coconut petroleum products again two digit, two digit, followed, uh, I mean, below that is everything almost a digit, uh, single digit, chemicals, food, uh, manufacturing, uh, vehicle trials, and this is an area where uh, most of the focus is coming into, whether in terms of future investment. Uh, so, from that perspective, it's extremely uh, critical for us to keep a watch and get prepared with uh, to, with the necessary skill set and talent for the industries that are uh, in focus. So, just to uh, uh, run through a couple of more data points. Uh, the large, this is again a mechanical report, uh, large uh, firm count has uh, between 2018 to 2030 is expected to go at 3x. Uh, manufacturing GDP itself will double between 2018 and 2030 and, and uh, from 625 to uh, 1.25. And, and uh, the other area you look at, uh, we had those slight decline uh, between uh, uh, 12 to uh, 22. There is a steep increase coming up between 22 to 23 to 30 in terms of manufacturing. And the specific segments which are called out are uh, electronic goods, chemical, uh, auto, uh, again, pharmaceuticals, textile, apparel, uh, I, mean, uh, I mean, then it goes on uh, a long list thereafter. Now, uh, if, I mean, to, to add to this, there are PLI schemes which are specific uh, to industry again. Uh, this slide uh, also specifically where PLI schemes, it's almost about I mean, an aggregate basis, about uh, 1.45 uh, lakh crore of PLI schemes uh, being introduced by the government. And a couple of them if you look at is already closed and announced. So uh, specifically to pharma and drug, uh, electronic uh, technology, and cases are automobile and textile, and few are under uh, discussion or evaluation, and uh, few are ready to be announced and open. So, if if we were to extrapolate uh, this investment into the number of jobs that can get created, the direct jobs, uh, it's about strike about one or plus jobs that get created. Directly, these are direct jobs into uh, those segments. Uh, and what happens is every direct job that gets created uh, from our uh, past history and record from our database, we see three other indirect jobs that So how do we how do we correlate? So if 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 an individual is hired in a manufacturing, then you have a lot of associated work that comes in, whether it can be facilities or whether it can be security. So there are lot of areas that get automatically uh, you know uh, built up. So. In a nutshell, roughly about, uh, I mean, this in itself can create anywhere between uh, four to five crore uh, jobs as and when the schemes uh, come up. And, uh, and that is the uh, which which interests uh, uh, to invest or to stay invested more in terms of, you know, skilling. Uh, I mean, it all starts from uh, how do, where do we mobilize people from? If we mobilize uh, the set of people from, are they really skilled to Work in this kind of environment, and how do we how do we get uh, the skilling or ready for the job uh, in that in that from that perspective and context? 
So these are areas where you know we constantly put our brand of excellence to work with. Uh, that's how you know we have our pillar of my sector in days work with various uh, ministries and industries to uh, get people get get resources, look at the catchment zones and put them to right training and start getting prepared uh, specific to those uh, respective movements. So there are a lot of uh, reinforcements. Uh, what gives us more confidence uh, that you know manpower uh, and human capital is going to be extremely critical for us. So if you look at the National Apprenticeship Program, started way back in 61, uh, had fewer amendments up until 2014, but they are to look at the number of uh, changes it is going through or the number of uh, mandatory uh, steps that are being enforced. Uh, so we, there is a national that has been introduced, National Apprenticeship Program, then that the rules have got amended. And in the bottom uh, tab, if you look at it, greater than, uh, I mean, employee, I mean, if, uh, if an entity is greater than 40, anyway, between 2 to 5 percent, I mean, 5 to, I mean, uh, 2 to 5 and 5 to 10 percent of employees has to be through uh, apprentice work. So, which means uh, there is going to be a lot of mix of uh, types of employment that's going to come in. Uh, it, it will not be just a contract or an FT. So there'll be there'll be set of contract workers, there will be full time workers, there will be apprentice program coming in. So the ecosystem is getting built uh, for for a gradual higher trying uh, and to a hands on trying then it elevates uh, a set of uh, student capital. So I think this is a very uh, I mean this this change is thing that is extremely, extremely uh, critical for us and uh, it is critical for an industry itself to uh, to embrace and uh, uh, start adopting. Uh, this will bring in probably better mix, uh, better mix of talent, better mix of people and faster trying and skilled. The other lever what, uh, uh, you know, uh, keeps uh, instigating us to see why we have to continue to do in this segment is, um, this is I mean, if you look at the Z-score, uh, I mean, this report is published by uh, Swiss and World Bank. Uh, this is based on, again, uh, the growth potential, uh, trade dependency, uh, I mean, uh, export in terms of similarity with the labor cost, logistics, ease of doing business, uh, FDI to the percentage of GDP and normal exports. So, based on the, uh, if you look at, if you were to peg those potential countries, uh, India stands to have an advantage on two uh, specific uh, areas. One is the growth potential and the labor cost. And these two are the drivers. If I take the top country, we will outbeat them in terms of our human capital. So, hence, uh, it's also convincing that we will build our capability far quicker, faster, uh, to, to cover our tab two and tab three, which is uh, trade dependency and export similarity, and, we, and, and India will be in a, uh, in a in a perfect position to penetrate more into uh, manufacturing. And so, I mean, this uh, this repeatedly reinforces and convinces us, uh, you know, uh, to, to to get ready for the platform. The other uh, area uh, which I'll touch upon after this slide, uh, before that is MSME is another area. So if you look at, we have, uh, I mean, uh, we have about 5.1 crore MSMEs and we have about 13 uh, crore employees working. And largely, I would say still unorganized. 
the new labor code which is going to get introduced will slowly start moving unorganized into organized. And that again is become capital intense. Uh, there will be small ancillary units, small units who will now start getting into uh, a kind of you know, organized, uh, organized uh, manpower uh, grid. And this will enable, uh, this will again enable all the workforce elements that I spoke about in my earlier slide. And again, a point that reinforces us to uh, continue to plug. Excluding that, we have set up domestic workers who is not in any grid. Uh, these are these can be drivers, maids, uh, support, factors, uh, or any any kind of uh, low level entry level uh, job that they are doing. Slowly they can, I mean they they, they are currently doing kind of big uh, environment, and that's going to get formalized in our uh, the new labor code that is going to come out. So, uh, I mean in nutshell, uh, one more uh, one more. Uh, uh, element that's going to strengthen uh, this entire, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, human capital and manpower, uh, 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 you know, concentration is going to be on the consolidation of new uh, labor force. India had almost about 200 plus labor force and about, uh, uh, I mean, uh, labor code and rules. Uh, I mean, about 52 of central and out of these, uh, are many of them are like, you know, um, non-restricting, non-restricting. Uh, specific areas we are going to look at, the industrial dispute, standing order, trade union, and uh, uh, I mean, and the non-track labor act. From ease of doing business perspective, this is going to be a major shift. Uh, the number of uh, governance and administration is going to come down drastically. Uh, I mean, it's going to help, to, to summarize, for example, uh, the national license uh, to run, uh, to hire and deploy people will ease uh, companies to hire much quicker and deploy people faster and, and all the other bureaucracies will go out. Uh, moving from an unorganized to organized uh, because the gig platform is, going, is being recognized as a specific uh, uh, channel of work or NFT, uh, fixed time, fixed term contracts are, uh, are, are, are recognized in terms of you know, uh, a possible mix of employment. Uh, it will also help us help in labor conflict uh, reduction because the people will, I mean, uh, the employees will be gainfully employed. There won't be the multiple tier of subcontracting that would happen the currently uh, way it is the local contractors and all of that is going to eliminate a lot and we'll have much uh, larger focus uh, and, and single probably transfer system that's going to in place. Various format of employment. We spoke about uh, FT, we spoke about system contracts and there's going to be apprentices and you have permanent and temporary workers. So that's going to bring in uh, better, uh, better ability to handle the situation. Uh, and gig, uh, regular formalizing and regularizing gig. So, in natural, uh, uh, ease of doing business is going to be uh, extremely high and uh, it will also help to mobilize people faster and yeah, uh, so, I mean, this is, this is a concluding slide. Uh, a, what keeps us uh, uh, continue to, uh, you know, uh, invest in this space, uh, the manufacturing GDP in itself uh, doubling, so that is a clear indicator for us to stay interested in this space. Scorecard favoring India, uh, the deep that I was presenting is clearly uh, favoring the country in two uh, parameters currently, I'm sure it will continue to 
get better as we get closer there. Secondary reporting in terms of, you know, uh, endorsing the 2X Pro, ease of doing business, uh, the labor code, uh, which is in verge of uh, implementation. PLI schemes, we saw um, uh, almost 1.45 1, 1, 1. Uh, uh, lakh crore PLI schemes by sector, which is coming into, so that, that can only boost uh, the entire segment. And very strong skill development and apprentice program and change of uh, rule around that. So uh, it, it's, it's quite promising uh, to look forward. Uh, Quest being in this space as business consultants, so we do end to end, we start, we start from staffing to uh, industrial law and then uh, maintaining, maintaining captive power units, maintaining the uh, condition monitoring of uh, equipment and systems in manufacturing units, facility management, uh, security both physical and additional security that we play into. Payroll uh, and compliance is another area where anything related to the law of land, uh, regulatory and anything related to employment, uh, any any laws and rules around employment is something that we, uh, we manage. Uh, infrastructure and digital IT services, uh, all, all support and backend systems. Barring uh, that, uh, the SLA-based programs such as selection, I mean, our capability of in-store and field sales uh, management, omni-channel customer lifecycle management, uh, installation and after installation services that we are into. Finance and uh, accounting and HR payroll uh, operations that we are we, we have uh, to, to manage marketing services in terms of you know, uh, rolling out uh, the keywords and managing the uh, brand activations and etc. So uh, quite, I mean uh, we have, we have, as, as a business services provider we have a uh, we have services that can play end-to-end -end, uh, and specifically to manufacturing when it comes to all the bus planners that you are seeing on top uh, is going to uh, is going to play as an integrated force for us and and we, we play as an integrated partner that can manage end-to-end. -end. In fact, uh, much more if you look at. So, I mean, uh, there, are, there are cases that we are working with to manufacturing systems currently where uh, we hire people, uh, house them in a in a, in a uh, good uh, dormitory, which is also run by us completely uh, for them, and uh, we, we we arrange transportation for people from dormitory to uh, uh, to the manufacturing unit. So that that also helps them to get a better place to live, better uh, I mean, and, and a better condition of living. And we also, as part of our facility, we have food services. It also helps them to get a better uh, food and gives them a very different experience when person migrates from. Uh, city A to City B and typically manufacturing units are in outskirts or every uh, other uh, locations where the access is pretty extremely difficult for a person, I mean an individual left uh, uh, open there. So, I mean, as an integrated player, we are quite foolish and uh, uh, I mean, we look forward to strengthening and getting ourselves to be, uh, you know, uh, get this wave uh, very extremely right for us. Thank you so much, and uh, I'll, I'll I'll just end my presentation here. Look forward for uh, any questions. Happy to take any questions that you have. Thanks, uh, thanks, Guru. And uh, before you know, Nitin, I know you're gearing up and all seated to ask the next set of questions. I thought I'll make an announcement for the audience that if you have any questions from Guru, please raise your virtual hand, and we'll unmute you. So, Nitin, over to you. Thank you. Perfect. Uh, I'll thank Sapna. And thank you, Guru. I think very insightful, detailed uh, presentation. 
Um, now, uh, I, I think if you think of manufacturing and think of the way where it's built itself, uh, you have seem to have a lot of those building blocks, right, right? from the general staffing business. Uh, so you have a skills business, and looks like ITIs are very important, and you know labor training itself is a big uh, uh, important uh, part of manufacturing. Uh, and, and then you also have um, uh, your uh, operating asset management, security, industrial asset management. So you have all the building blocks. Right? Um, how would you think about how each of these pieces uh, sort of benefits from what's really going on in the sector today? Uh, and if you can tie to the opportunity that you spoke about uh, of, of around, uh, you know, uh, I think 34 million uh, over 10 years, direct, indirect, uh, indirect and maybe 10 direct uh, over the next five, 10 years. And how are we really, when you think about each of your segments, how are we really playing into this opportunity? Perfect. So, uh, what, we are, what we are doing currently is, uh, as you said, we have the entire set of uh, block which is uh, definitely there and each one carries their expertise uh, in, in that space. Uh, what we are trying to do is we are trying to create a kind of uh, platform internally where uh, we are creating a go-to-market as an integrated player and each of these uh, segments would come and deliver it. So when we meet manufacturing uh, units today, we go with one single quest. Uh, and we have domain expertise uh, from respective segments. We are now building those uh, strengths as well, uh, whether it is auto, whether it is semiconductor. So we are building those expertise. Uh, when we when we meet uh, such customers, it is not one service that one uh, division of us who speaks. Our features like starting from people, people then. Uh, uh, skill development, hiring, been, uh, doing the precise training for them specific to those segments. Uh, to extend, we are also setting up an in-house uh, uh, centers where people can be trained within the same premises. We don't them into another. So that you become much more captive and uh, uh, it becomes much more easy in terms of pulling them out from manufacturing to putting them in a training and then deploying them back. So, uh, and, and followed by end-to-end uh, -end maintenance, whether it is security security. So, uh, the approach is very different. Uh, we, I mean, uh, I don't know if you've heard uh, Lohit repeatedly saying, so we call it as Sampurna Rostar. So that's the kind of uh, caption that we can, uh, we, are, we, are, we are building for ourselves. Uh, and it's going to be industry-specific, uh, more than, you know, talking one service of software. Interesting. And, uh, in terms of uh, uh, the uh, uh, skills business, right, I think you have had a, uh, a change in strategy over the past few years where you move away from government contracts. Uh, with respect to manufacturing, is there uh, uh, any meaningful sort of uh, pickup there or anything that you're seeing how that will sort of improve? Because I think that's a very profitable business. Uh, uh, but uh, since we have moved out of government contracts. So within manufacturing, how would you think about opportunity and how are you playing this? So, uh, you're right. Our focus is, I mean, we have been quite vocal about it. We, uh, we are moving out of government services, but we also kept on, I mean, uh, reinforcing that we, we focus more on B2B. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's going, to be, uh, it's going to be very specific uh, to the future projects, right? And uh, it's going to be a separate profit center. So, uh, we will continue to uh, 
will continue to build. As I said, it's going to be a kind of a captive for those statistics. Uh, and, and again, it's going to be a paid program uh, either by customer or by individual. So that's how it is going to be. Uh, it, it's being structured. Uh, our curriculum and all of that, uh, the entire content and curriculum is being uh, will be will be owned by us. And in some cases, it will be uh, jointly owned by uh, our customer and us because they carry uh, the IP on those uh, products, and we will be the deliver we'll be the delivery partner uh, in, on behalf of them. Uh, it actually it depends. So, uh, I mean, it will be a captive and it will be very specific to the project. Uh, and even so that's how uh, we look at uh, the skill mix into uh, the manufacturing segment. Interesting. I think we have a few questions uh, for now, uh, so we can uh, take that and uh, I will follow up. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so I would like to, uh, you know, number of times all you raised your hands first. So can you unmute yourself and ask the question too? Thanks, Oscar, and thanks, uh, Guru, for uh, taking this question. Uh, very briefly, in your presentation, you had mentioned about labor code. Uh, we were given to believe that it would be uh, in some form of implementation or better specification, maybe by the start of this fiscal year. Uh, would you, I mean, mind giving some color to it? Where is it right now? Where is it stuck? Or where is it getting implemented? Any uh, greater color on that? Sure. So, uh, no, this is a, uh, I mean, this is a kind of uh, subject which needs to be uh, been, uh, uh, adopted by every state. So, uh, there are multiple, uh, you know, uh, state which will also represent, and then uh, it has to uh, get finalized. So, the situation where we are into today, uh, I mean, you are right. April is we are supposed to go live uh, on, the, on this, but what we are hearing now is somewhere around uh, Q4. That is. But in March and uh, April uh, 2022 is where uh, we should foresee. Uh, majority of, I mean, we are, we, we are one of the uh, representatives for that uh, from industry side. So, uh, what we hear currently is from both uh, the industry industry and the trade union representations are almost um, done, they're almost are done. So, now it should just be around the corner. So, that's what we are expecting. Uh, we don't suspect any farm law sort of uh, uh, receipt to the labor code. I we we don't we wouldn't because see uh, this is this, this has lot of uh, forward looking in terms of uh, betterment of uh, wages, betterment of uh, uh, licenses and handling. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, if you if you look at it, brings a lot of administration issues down and. We are not seeing, from the industry perspective, we are not seeing any, anybody who is uh, uh, opposing this. That is a fantastic sign uh, and, and why it wouldn't get, the other, get into the other direction. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Amrita. Uh, my next question, before I take the next question, um, just wanted to remind all the participants that, uh, you know, we have a lot many more segments today. Uh, 11 o'clock, we have a photo too. So I hope to see you on the next call too. Um, but now I would like to invite Yogesh. Uh, Yogesh, you raise your hand. Uh, when you uh, mention your name, do tell us which form you're from. Thank you. Yeah, this, uh, thank you very much. And good morning, sir. This is Yogesh Patil from LIT Mission. 
Yes, good morning, Yogesh. Just one hypothetical question. Uh, you already uh, given a very good presentation regarding the outlook of today and the benefits in long run. Uh, but do we look, uh, roughly uh, 35 million uh, workers for labor we want to deal? And obviously there is a formalization story within the India itself in the MSME and all. Uh, so first, uh, are you getting any insight or inquiries for uh, very much incremental? Uh, 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 any labor uh, uh, requirements from any PLI uh, companies in future or, or in talks you but any uh, uh, kind of minimum putting a uh, plant and they are actually approaching uh, something like that. Yeah, we are, I mean, uh, we are seeing you, I mean, uh, our, our own uh, database says that we have jumped uh, our development from say uh, 7.5% to 9% in terms of uh, uh, people environment in this uh, specific to manufacturing segment. Uh, again, a uh, few segments if I want to look at, I think semiconductor and uh, uh, you know, mobile handset uh, manufacturing companies are uh, one, one of the examples that I can just bring where you know, our deployments have really come up. Okay. But yes, uh, to your point, okay, slowly I think they are seeing, but what it needs is uh, the entire ecosystem has to start uh, coming together. I think that's when it will get little more intensified. Uh, one is PLI scheme coming up, but uh, there, there will be there will always be this uh, demand and supply, right? So and we'll continue to have this problem. It's not that it will solve get all like this. Uh, the the ecosystem, everything has to play. I'm sure. I think uh, as we proceed uh, next one one and a half two years, slowly you will start seeing. Uh, I mean. When, when we start projecting a number where we are today, uh, we feel that you know we, we should slowly start inching towards uh, 12 to 13 percent in next three years. So that's the kind of estimation that we are internally doing. Okay. Thank you, sir. Sir, one more question uh, regarding the, from the next four to five years, uh, we'll get a lot of demand, right, for basically. Uh, but uh, getting a same quality, same quantity, uh, do you think it could be a challenge? Because getting a, let's say, a first one lakh could be easier, but getting a second lakh, third lakh, total could be a challenge, do you think? Fantastic one. So, uh, also what, what will happen with the set of new industries coming in, what we are seeing is, uh, there's also a lot of automation and there's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, I mean, I would call it as a typical standard operating procedures that it comes into. At a point, we might need specific uh, skills, but we don't need too much of uh, intellectual skill also. We might need the right set of people to be there, but there will be a lot of, lot of process, repetitive processes that will get automatically. So, I mean, uh, in past, if I were to look at a, a late uh, uh, machine uh, operator, you need a lot of skills. Now, system does quite a lot. So, somebody has to just ensure that it is, it is managed and monitored and, you know, uh, look at all those analytics that system can throw well and analyze. So, the type of people required would be slightly different. And that creating, producing that or uh, making prepared for someone on that would not be uh, tough. I mean, to that extent, our training also needs to be a great thing. So, that's how it, that's how okay. we do that. Okay. I, I completely agree on skill side, but on behavior side, approach side, do you feel like uh, is there any change in let's say gathering it, uh, getting a new people? Because the approach and attitude is very different uh, apart from skill set. We can train skill set. 
But do you see, like, I'm, I'm just asking, like, I'll be foremost, whether you're facing those kind of issues or not, because we also face some time. <laughs> see, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I keep saying this in many instances, if you look at what happens, uh, these behaviors would come when I don't want to follow certain rules, right? I don't want to follow minimum page, I don't want to, I, I want to do some shortcuts or the kind of uh, benefits that you want to. But once you have this rule in place and you have a level uh, playing ground for everybody, if somebody is just a uh, zero to six month experience and the person has to get one, two, three, four uh, benefits, and if every industry is adhering to it, then you will not have this issue. Today we don't have that, right? So that is where uh, the court consolidation, the new definition of uh, apprentice act or FPA, and six time six term contract, all of that is going to be helpful. And partner cycles will be able to implement them and then better. So that's going to make a huge difference. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Shogesh. Colin, can you let us know which form you're from and ask a question, please? Yeah, uh, I, uh, I hope I'm audible during scrolling. I work for Goldfish Faculty. A uh, couple of questions from my side. One is that uh, typically, uh, let's say, for example, this CLI related KPEG, in case the intensity picks up and a factory actually under CLI comes after two years from uh, right now, when is this whole killing related discussion start typically, right? I mean, is it like in the last six months of a factory becoming operational or a lot later stage? I mean, you know, just to understand the timeline uh, in terms of killing or uh, having that manpower planning sort of a discussion, when does it take place typically in the KPEX cycle, uh, if you can just take some timelines on that? Yeah, uh, generally if it is a new new greenfield uh, uh, unit which is being set up, uh, our discussion, we engage with partners as early as a year before. Uh, so we, we get to know what are their plans, where is the plant is going to cover up and what is the resourcing around. Similar uh, and and then we will have to work in terms of where do we mobilize such uh, where do we mobilize such uh, resources from uh, what kind of what kind of job that they are going to be? is this high finger dexterity kind of job or is it going to be a technology going to be a production flow so all of that plays a role plus the kind of leaks that we have to get if this if this specific state uh, uh, rules that we we'll have to look at is what percentage of employment to people that state, neighboring state. So there's not many ingredients that goes into before coming to it. And uh, it really takes almost a year because uh, the unit is big enough that easily anywhere here plus for us to plan. And then gradually the build up plan will happen. Uh, that you know what is phase one, phase two, phase three uh, and accordingly then we will start working with those research partners. Sure. Uh, and just to the previous question, uh, you mentioned, you know, uh, that you are already seeing some uh, increase in inquiry in sectors like mobile or semiconductors for that matter. But you also mentioned that, you know, you need this whole ecosystem to work, right, in some sense. So, could you elaborate a little bit more on uh, uh, this aspect as to, you know, uh, what is that ecosystem uh, that you are talking about, I mean, in terms of training and all. Could you just uh, give us some more sense as to which all... Uh, you know, a lot within this ecosystem are still not uh, up to the mark or still not, uh, uh, I mean, you know, aligned to what uh, our manufacturing capex uh, would be ultimately. So, uh, I mean, largely when I, when I call ecosystem is hiring, A, it's uh, the, the respective uh, 
the state rule, uh, you know, what is permissible there and what is not permissible. So that has to be very clear. Second, uh, the, tri the training and the training uh, content. I think that, that's the second uh, ecosystem that we talk about. Then the entire mobilizing migration, immigrant, uh, migratory workers or non-migratory workers, that has to be uh, extremely clear. What percentage can come in, what percentage can come in, and uh, what is the lead time to uh, commence the factory. All of that is going to be a uh, very key uh, ingredient in this. Sure. Uh, and just one last question, and this is slightly more tangential, right? As you mentioned, you know, there are, uh, uh, now you are thinking about dormitories, right, for some of these laborers who come from outside the uh, uh, state, right? I mean, uh, in some sense. So, uh, when this new CAPEX come, right, I mean, uh, how, what would be the nature of these manufacturing facilities, right, in some sense? Would it be a lot more employee-friendly uh, in some sense, right, uh, in terms of ventilation, in terms of other facilities, health, etc., etc.? And are there specific laws within each state's labor laws which ensures a minimum, you know, a quality of work environment which is required and how stringently will that be followed? Some color on, you know, how this whole new manufacturing facilities of the future would look right, right? I mean, will there be more employee friendly? And is there an opportunity for somebody like us to, you know, uh, have at least some design level uh, engagement with some of these companies whom we engage with uh, in terms of, you know, just putting up some, some new kind of facilities? Yeah, uh, I mean, there is, I mean, obviously, if you look at this, lot many regulations around uh, in terms of your green force and uh, its carbon footprint, carbon neutral. And these are becoming a kind of mandate for companies to follow and needs to be reported as well. So, from that perspective, uh, I mean, I mean, there, there is no second part that the work environment will definitely have to be far better. Uh, it, it, it cannot, it cannot be the way. Uh, it, so it, people have to, I mean, companies have to follow the uh, specific, uh, uh, I would say, the rule and the guidelines that are set around, and and that will get stringent. And and as and when it has to be reported, it will be monitored as well. Right. So from that perspective, uh, there is no second part. Uh, the rules have to be followed. Uh, where we are articulating the factor of law. Getting, giving a better living for people because most of the time, uh, at least about, I mean, depending upon the state, 40 to 50 percent will be migrated. Uh, the resource will not be from the same place, irrespective of any geography. Uh, and when we, when we hire, try and bring a set of people, there is a cultural shift, there is a, uh, I mean, the entire atmosphere shift for them in the kind of, you know, comfort that they were from where they are. And there is a kind of uh, belongingness that uh, they would look at. So if you don't, if you don't incubate them well, we see an infant mortality that's going to drastically. And, and to curb the, the best way is to ensure that, A, they get a better place to sleep, and they are not worried about once they land into this place, what, what, what's going to happen with you. And there is somebody who is taking care of this end to end, starting from putting them on the uh, train there and then getting them here from there, transporting them to a better place to sleep, give them better comfort. Uh, I mean, these are, these are typically happening in other countries. So, these are mandates. These are mandates. And we have, we have to bring in such mandates uh, to ensure there is a better, uh, a better life for workers. Uh, and that leads to uh, retention and reduction in pollution. 
or early admission and the migration between uh, the switching jobs between companies. I think uh, that's the focus of you know, what we are doing. Sure. Uh, thanks a lot for these answers. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I'd like to remind everybody if there are any questions, to take this opportunity to read the question mass and we run with you. What you, that's it? Yeah, thanks, Papa. So, uh, if you think of formalization within manufacturing, uh, uh, where does it stand today in the diversity of two years ago? And uh, uh, do you think the lift and shift opportunity here is? Uh, uh, you know, uh, pretty massive at this point uh, before you actually start seeing the flows of uh, the incremental policy changes, maybe the PLIs and all that sort of adding to growth. Uh, do you think the lift and shift of opportunity and formalization opportunity is very large within the manufacturing space today that will drive growth in the Sure. Yeah, um, it is from our research, it's in DC it has. Uh, uh, Pretty big. If I take okay, if I take one cluster uh, in South, which we were doing a research on, uh, there we see at least five tier of subcontracting that happens in Manpower alone. It's just a Manpower, nothing else, right? So uh, it comes to uh, when it's awarded to company A, then B, C, D. Uh, so I mean, uh, these research internally, what we have done clearly says uh, there's a. I mean, the upside could be anywhere between. Uh, 25-30% if it were to just differentiate uh, in one sense that I'm talking about. So, uh, and there is, a, there is a severe need and any inbound call that we have got or wherever we have met, uh, these are largely, uh, I mean, we, we tend to hear what we used to hear in the initial days of uh, general staffing where, you know, uh, minimum wage needs to be paid, uh, GST needs to be compliant. So, there are a lot of, I mean, I'm not even talking any high-level uh, issues. We are only talking about these compliance issues because compliance authorities have become much tighter. Okay. I mean, lot, lot many online forms. I mean, as, as, as low as it can be a UAN generation uh, not being done by the subcontractors, we don't know whether they are committing or not. So, uh, I mean, we are, we are currently at that situation. So, I think first is to get the hygiene uh, for most of these employers whom we are talking to, then get into the next level of mobilizing, training, bringing in people, uh, working with them in multiple locations uh, because they have a national presence uh, and the local unions and local uh, uh, you know, interventions. So I think that's where uh, uh, I mean, the moment is coming from. But I'm sure it will take time. It is not just going to happen like this. All of this mm -hmm. is going to take time. Uh, but, but ultimately, we are quite uh, confident that once uh, we have our set of uh, uh, processes and systems and a kit that we are calling it as to a manufacturing segment. Uh, so that adoption will start. We are confident that it will start. Anything we are doing in terms of uh, uh, maybe in the way we go to market for this space, uh, how has that series sort of changed maybe over the last few years and today? Uh, how we sort of scaled up on that side of things? So, yeah. Uh, I mean, as I said, we, I mean, we have got a clear go-to-market speaking space who understand this segment well and who won't represent as one single uh, business services provider uh, to, instead of going in pockets. Uh, when, when we go there, uh, we don't go as a facility company, we don't go as a security company, we actually go as a 
and we go and do an agile study that what level is the compliance and what level uh, I mean do a kind of agile audit and then slowly upgrade from there, get a footing and then slowly start uh, working. But one model that uh, probably will help over a period of time because this is not something that uh, we would go and say we are going to replace everybody. That's not the game how we want to do it because you need those local mobilizing uh, capability as well. So, we are, we are largely becoming a platform where we will have the other uh, tiers also working with us, whereas, you know, we become a kind of MSP within manufacturing. Yes. Yeah, so that's how uh, it gets. Uh, it's slowly taking shape. That. And in, so I was asking more from the perspective of uh, go-to-market uh, from an angle of customer acquisition, uh, for instance, uh, uh, let's say a few years ago, uh, the number of manufacturing clients you had would have been X and today may be uh, 2X or from that perspective, uh, if you just think about the client set that you currently have, uh, the room to really grow within that existing client set versus new client acquisition uh, uh, in driving growth. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, quite a lot because if I want to take, uh, uh, I mean, we talk about process a lot and uh, if I were to take two of our businesses, which is facilities, I mean, the entire OEM business if I take, their, uh, our exposure to manufacturing is far higher than our general staffing, right? And PLM business or any other uh, compliance business, regulatory compliance business that we do. That's a clear, uh, you know, uh, opportunity for us. Uh, I mean, if I want to look at, if I take our workforce, we'll be about, uh, about 8 to 9 percent in our uh, penetration into manufacturing, whereas on other businesses, we'll be as high as about uh, 17 to 18 percent. Now, on an blended, we'll be about anywhere between uh, 12 percent. So, uh, there is, I mean, that itself can give us a leverage uh, to go. So, yes, you're right. That's perfect. And uh, in terms of, uh, see, I think, a lot of times, uh, hiring is also a key skill, right, in this space. And uh, how are we, when you think of, obviously you have uh, a lot of those local sort of staffing sort of entities. Uh, you have other large competing players. In terms of our ability to hire, uh, uh, do we have, uh, do we really stand out in our ability to hire at scale uh, within these manufacturing clusters? Yes, absolutely. So, uh, I mean, again, uh, you have, you'll be able to think, how, how does it do in uh, workforce is specifically we have got that pioneered uh, in the last uh, 8 to 10 years. So, we have built that uh, hiring engine which is quite robust and solid. So, and we are replicating the similar stuff because here it's going to be largely, uh, the geography is different, the catchment locations are different. And uh, uh, the kind of database that we need is completely different. I don't need an extensive database. I need to look for a specific skill more than, uh, you know, uh, any other uh, information, more than uh, any other information. So, uh, that database structure we are putting in place as part of a few jobs, uh, where we have set up recruiters who are, uh, you know, uh, working with us to, uh, to capture precisely the manufacturing end. Also, which are the other sites where we need to integrate, whether it is uh, NSCCL, whether it is any other portal where we can we plug in and bring this information, uh, it also we are working with uh, various departments. Uh, yes, uh, that database strengthening is going to be, and 
uh, the richness of database in terms of the skill level and skill is something which we are uh, credentializing in. So, uh, if uh, I have understood right, uh, the formalization, the growth, it's going to be, uh, uh, that that pace is going to be gradual in terms of penetration. It's not going to happen three years or maybe two, three years. It's going to take its own time, maybe it takes a decade. Uh, and in terms of our positioning is an overall one quest go to market. But that opportunity in terms of the CLI sort of driving is maybe a few years away. Right? Uh, uh, but in the interim, obviously, there will be this organic uh, sort of increase in growth that will continue to happen. So at the beginning of the conversation, you mentioned uh, uh, that currently around uh, you know, 6 to 7 percent is our manufacturing presentation uh, penetration will be 4 to 12. Uh, and, and then I think when you explained the broader basis of workforce plus OEM on a blended system, so I'll just try to understand what's the difference between both those numbers. So, okay, uh, what I meant is only specific, if I talk OEM and other pieces, just if I take workforce in itself, that has a potential moving up. Right. right. So that, that, that 8% percent in, uh, in uh, workforce goes to 12. Is the, uh, of, of, so workforce is going to see the big jump. And that big jump uh, from maybe... Uh, this picks up, this, this entire segment rolls up ultimately for us under the workforce, right? So, I mean, uh, that's how it is going to get structured. And, and this incremental uh, sort of add-on that happened from 8 to 12, that happened driven by apprenticeship? So is, it, uh, is it the apprenticeship program? That drives the bulk of that or it's combination of physics. Uh, because the apprentice will have its own cap, uh, anywhere between that uh, five to fifteen percent cap. But yes, it's going to be combination of uh, apprentice, FTC and uh, full time. Interesting. And uh, lastly, I think uh, the uh, uh, in terms of labor cost, right? Uh, how do you think labor cost inflation overall uh, in this space? And uh, uh, what is, I think there was this whole reverse migration uh, that happened and have those things sort of set to them. Uh, how, what are we doing? Uh, interesting, interesting question. Uh, you know, one thing that we should take off from our mind at a point is labor is not cheap. It's going to be very cheap. Uh, and it is not. It, it's all about the productivity. Uh, that's where the focus is going to be. How productive the person is, the person is there in production flow for 8 to 10 hours or whatever uh, number of hours that the person is going to be, what is going to be a productive outcome that we are going to get. I think that is going to be the focus more than, uh, I don't think so labor will be cheap because every state is talking about increasing minimum wage. And you are seeing, I mean, earlier it used to be probably once in a year, we used to be here, but now every uh, three, six months there are. But it's good. This is a good thing to happen. Uh, you will get, I mean, People will get paid, the quality of life will soon be better, the productivity focus will come in. Uh, it's all about uh, productivity way uh, forward. Uh, so so that, that's very interesting, uh, group because uh, my earlier conversations with all of you has been, and your pitch has been, uh, that question is about productivity and not just labor differentials. And I think this, uh, that sort of maybe feeds into this overall thing. Right. So you just want... Uh, you know, lift people and do the payroll, but you also, the focus is to drive productivity and bring down your social cost of ownership for employee, right? Absolutely. In, in fact, in many of our businesses, we go back and uh, 
do a time and motion and say, how can somebody bring their cost down by 10? Okay. Okay. I mean, I think, that, and that has to, that has to, uh, because the labor is not going to be cheap anymore, and that has to think in our mind, uh, and we have to get prepared for it. Interesting. If you think about competition, your competition, uh, uh, does competition really switch uh, productivity, uh, make a productivity pitch, or is it just still less interesting? Uh, I mean, what, I mean, what we have experienced is largely different. Largely So on that highly differentiating note, uh, I think since we have almost reached <laughs> the end of it, uh, thank you so much. If there are any questions, we have another two minutes. Thank you. Thank you very much, Guru. Uh, I am hoping all the other people enjoyed this discussion. And we hope to host you for our future conference. Thank you so much, Prasanna. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Forward all the best to everyone. I think you have a very great session planned for the day. So, bye. Don't be free to join. Oh yeah. Sure. Bye. Yes. Bye bye.